And welcome, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It All Jim Blue. I'm Ryan Evan, joined as always by Urbana's finest, Kevin Ducey. What's up, Kev? What's up, Ryan? Um, doing doing a lot better uh, after that kick from Caleb Griffin. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now we got it down there, made it a chip shot for the guy. But uh, we're sweating a little bit on Saturday night. Now we're excited, looking forward to what happens with the Jayhawks. Uh, I'll get into this a little bit more later, but it's kind of a little bit of an oxymoron in the Illinois era and Illinois football fandom era timeline has been like a disappointing win. We we have many of like, do we have many disappointing wins in our history? I, I don't know, but I think the fan base has kind of taken that and that's, that's because of expectations, but got the job done, uh, made it for a nice couple of days of Labor Day weekend because it would have ruined, it would have ruined the rest of my weekend. <laughs> I can tell you what. It definitely would not have been a very fun drive home. Uh, I would have, you know, I was just thinking that actually on that last drive before the uh, fourth and four, you know, the bullet from Luke Altmeyer and the great catch from Casey Washington, I was thinking we get about 50,000 people in the stands. We get all this hype train. We got all this going on and we're about to lose a home to a good Toledo team. But I'm like, man, this just didn't, this isn't how I saw it playing out. And uh, and then guess what? I didn't have to worry about it. Luke made the throw. Casey Washington, you know, made the big catch. Illinois kicks the field goal, and things are a little bit different than it than it could have been. So uh, either way, if people want to call it a disappointing win, go for it. Me and you know that Toledo is a good team, going to win ten games at least this year. Probably the best MAC team, and would beat half of the Big Ten teams. So uh, it's a good win, in my opinion. And we'll actually break a lot more of that down. But first, a big matchup in uh, Lawrence, Kansas, this Friday night on ESPN, Kevin. And you know what? I thought no better way than to talk to someone who covers Kansas, who was at uh, Lance Leipold's uh, presser today. And, uh, yeah, so I figured we'd, figure, uh, we'd bring on uh, Joe Blake. From uh, Rebels, uh, Jayhawk Slant. Uh, thanks for joining us, Joe. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, so, I, th- I think it's kind of funny, uh, Joe. We're, we're we're a little bit in similar situations. Uh, we consider ourselves a basketball school. I think Kansas is most definitely a basketball school. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but here we are having promising football teams with some expectations coming into it. And, and, and your time covering Kansas, I, I imagine that's probably. This is the most excited you guys have been coming into a season, I, I assume. Oh, 100%. I think, I mean, you have to go back to 2008, 2009. Mangino. To understand that, yeah. And so, you know, opening night, people were talking about the team, you know, with high expectations where last year it was, oh, are we going to beat Tennessee Tech? And so this program has just taken off to uh, great levels uh, from where it was ever since Lance Leipold arrived in Lawrence. Right on. And uh, so, Joe, first we'll discuss uh, what were your what was your takeaway from Missouri State? So I actually got a chance to watch a good chunk of the highlights. I was trying to – I don't have ESPN Big 12 Plus or whatever. It was kind of hard for me to watch the game, but I did watch some big portions of it. It looked like Missouri State was in it for a good three quarters. I mean, it was 27-17, I think, into the fourth quarter. It looked like Missouri State would move the ball, but some big turnovers from Kansas. And uh, what 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 was your take on, 
you know, were you impressed or, 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 you know, with the final score? What was your take on what you saw against Missouri State? Well, I think you got to give Missouri State a lot of credit for how they did stay in the game. Uh, I also think that during that time, you know, the Jayhawks left some plays on the field. Uh, they go up 7-0 and then a high shot fumble. And then uh, Missouri State converts on a fourth down, a third down via roughing the passer. And then they recover their own fumble at the goal line. So just some missed opportunities that the Jayhawks would have liked to take advantage of that they didn't. And, uh, you know, if they get three opportunities like that, uh, again, I think that they're going to be in better shape than they were against Missouri State. So, you know, just little plays like that can really switch the tide of a game. And I think that Kansas was clearly the better team. And just for a while there, you know, just that many plays in a row that went that way, it was going to look like it was a lot more of a contest than it was. So, well, One of the things we get here as Illinois fans, and, and obviously we had our struggles this week as well, is uh, we get this this fear of the inevitable of like all the bad stuff's going to happen on the football field. And was that was that palpable a little bit early in, in Lawrence, or or what was the thought? What were the thoughts there? You know, I think five years ago that would have been palpable, but I do think that there has been a certain level of confidence that's been instilled into this program. I don't think any of the players flinched. I think Lightfoot was very pleased post game with how his players responded to everything that happened to get into the situation where Missouri State was right with them. And the whole team responded in a way and obviously finished out the game very well, 48-17. So, you know, they they responded well. And I think that there was never really any fear within the team or within a lot of fans that anything too crazy was going to happen. Now, obviously, the star of the offense and the star of the program uh, coming into the season is, is Jalen Daniels, who's absolutely electric last year. And the games he played for Kansas, I mean, Kansas was was tremendous. But he, he, he did not play against Missouri State. But you guys have a very capable backup in Jason Bean, who has, who has shown really well, played. I, I watched that TCU game last year, and I was so impressed by him. And, you know, I was pulling for you guys hard. I mean, you're the underdog, and I, I think it's kind of cool there. Uh, I didn't know that TCU was going to go on to have the season that they did. And that like, I mean, Bean can run. I mean, he's a mobile guy. How are they, how are they different? Are they, are they not that different? You know, I don't think that they're that different. I think Bean, Bean might be the fastest guy on the Kansas roster. Uh, and so, you know, he can really run, and that's something that he excels at. And But they're, you know, we've talked with uh, head coach Andy Codal or offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki uh, throughout fall camp and throughout, you know, week one. And he says, you know, the playbook doesn't change when the two quarterbacks go in, when the two quarterbacks change. So – you know, very capable guy, as you said, and, you know, won the game that got Kansas Bowl eligible last year. So got a very capable capable guy in Jason Bean. What does Jalen Daniels bring, though, that Bean does not? The reason that – what is – why is Jalen Daniels the preseason Big 12 player of the year? I just think his playmaking ability, uh, you know, he's able to do uh, some things that are just – I, he's more versatile, I think, and I think that he's able to make more plays and make, I think, slightly better decisions. But at the end of the day, I think both both quarterbacks very capable of getting the job done. But uh, Daniels just has that extra, like you said in the beginning, you know, he's he has a certain level of electricity about him. And so that's really what gets people excited about him. With that being said, you know, 
when when Kansas has the ball, and we're as Illinois fans, uh, other than the quarterbacks, who who are some players to watch out for that make things happen for the Jayhawks? I think that conversation starts with Devin Neal, the kid from Lawrence, Kansas, one thousand yard rusher last year, the only uh, returning one thousand yard rusher in the Big Twelve this year. Uh, you know, his first carry of the year, he goes forty eight yards or fifty two yards, one of those two, and you know, takes it to the, the house. So, Ooh. you know, if the Jayhawks can establish a run game, I know that Illinois has got a great defensive line, but, you know, the, they're going to look to establish that run game pretty early. Anything from Lance Leipold's – Leipold, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lance Leipold's presser today that maybe stood out to you or, uh, you know, I, I, I know that Lance and Brett go way back, that Brett talked about in his press conference just about – how good of friends really they are and, you know, maybe more of like a mentor to Lance, but did he say anything in his presser today that maybe stuck out to you about the matchup today or how you think they may attack or approach the Illini or what makes this matchup a tough one in their opinion? Well, I will touch on the conversation that he had and he said that when he was at Wisconsin Whitewater and uh, he was at Wisconsin, Wisconsin had the indoor facility that, you know, they could use and Whitehold and Wisconsin Whitewater were getting ready for a national championship. And he was told that they could have practiced there if he would have just asked. And so, you know, they have a good relationship, you know, they've, and being coaching in the same area and, you know, he's had his back throughout the process. So, you know, it's, it's good that they're going to have a matchup between the two of them that they're going to be able to coach against each other. Yeah, and so we've touched on a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. I think that um, coming into the season, Ryan and I will talk more about Illinois a little bit later, is that the, the perceived strength for Illinois was defense and the perceived weakness would be a little bit of the offense. It's kind of inverted for Kansas coming into the season. That being said, who are, who are some playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and what did you see against Missouri State Friday night that have, has you – Positive, negative? Where, where, where are you sitting on that side of the ball? Because I know that's where Jayhawks fans' concerns lie. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year, Kenny Logan at safety led the team in tackles, and he did it the year before as well. And so he's going to be able to be that solid anchor, but he wants to make more plays in the past game this year. And I think that, you know, this Illinois game will be a good opportunity for him to uh, be active in the past game. But uh, the secondary just has a lot of experience returning. And, uh, you know, between Kobe Bryant at corner and then Kenny Logan at safety, I think that the secondary has been kind of this group that's anchored down this defense. Got a defensive line that's full of transfers and guys that really haven't gotten a big opportunity at the Power 5 level. So you got a lot of hungry guys that are trying to get in the backfield for the Jayhawks. Mm -hmm. It'll be a test for them, and I'm excited to see how they turn out. I just want to know how good a guy Kobe Bryant is in the secondary. Like, no, I'm just kidding. It's just, it's, a, it's an interesting guy's name, Kobe Bryant, obviously spelled differently. But uh, right. I know you get some talent back there in that secondary. It's kind of similar to what Illinois faces last week in Toledo, a very good uh, uh, secondary there. So. Now, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. You're good. Well, Kobe Bryant, he's looking for the ball. And, yeah, uh, you know, any way that he can – get an interception, he's going to be looking for that. And, uh, you know, you saw it last year. You dealt with some injuries a little bit. But, you know, West Virginia, probably the biggest game of the year last year for Kansas. He's the one that made the game ceiling play. 
So, I mean, he's going to be looking to make some sort of play, uh, trying to get that interception. And every time that he makes a play like that, the game changes. So he he's going to be looking for that. Before we get to Jalen Daniels a little bit and maybe his, you know, your thought on if you think he might play or what the situation is with Bean, uh, what um, is has the vibe been there in, in Kansas, at Kansas since Leipold took over? Is this is this just like you know the new stadium renovations and all that? Is this just something that maybe you guys didn't see coming or were praying for, hoping some something new would come? Like, what's the vibe now that he's there? Well, I just think that the community and around Kansas has completely bought in uh, from an administration level uh, all the way down to a fan level. It's become something that Leipold has come in and he's gotten everybody bought in. Uh, you know, athletic director, chancellor, everybody is behind uh, the project that's going to be, I think, $330 million, uh, to. <clears throat> And so they're, you know, fully committed to making that happen and making it happen. Uh, and they, you know, a large part of that is what LIPO has been able to come in and do. So there's a lot of excitement around this program. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, really sorry, Joe, for stepping on it. He's a program builder, right? And that's what, what you guys needed. Just just like Beal, we, we need a program builder and it appears like he's doing that. Matter of fact, one of our, our loyal listeners, Jay Bagan, jumped in here and said, New stadium for the Jayhawks looks fire. Excited things for, for exciting things for Kansas football coming. So that's got to be awesome for you guys. Where did you have where did you have the Jayhawks predicted in the, this new look Big Twelve? And how does the schedule overall shake out for you guys? Maybe comparatively to some other schools. Well, I think that the schedule. I mean, I, it's hard to determine because now there are going to be teams that the Jayhawks aren't playing in the Big Twelve. And before yeah. you you knew what your schedule was before the right. season. You didn't know what order it was in. Now this year. You saw in week one that, uh, you know, Baylor loses, Texas, so, Tech. Lose, Texas Tech lose. And, you know, Kansas doesn't get Baylor. They don't get West Virginia and they don't get TCU. And so those are, uh, you know, strength of schedule is going to be tougher. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, come out and got, got some new teams in the Big 12 that are going to do some damage. Got a trip to Austin that, you know, last time, uh, the Jayhawks went to Austin. It was Leipold's <laughs> first Big Twelve victory, so it was just it, that was an that was an amazing finish. Yeah, that was a fun finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't the was it the backup fullback caught like a two point conversion or something? Like, yeah. So Jared Casey now he's a tight end and he's used a lot in the offense. Number forty seven. You'll see him a lot whether he's lead blocking or you know catching passes. It, they use him for everything. And uh, even how to play last week, Missouri State called timeout right before they could do it, but they spread everybody out. And then Jared Casey went in motion, was going to do a quarterback sneak on fourth and one. But Missouri State called the timeout before they could get it off. So you'll see Jared Casey used in a lot of ways. He's not, he is still an underdog story from Plainville, Kansas, but he's going to be used in a lot of ways. So what, um, well, so where, where did you have the Jayhawks picked in your, in your preseason? Stack rankings there in the Big 12. Well, I honestly didn't, uh, you know, stack up the Big 12 rankings okay. like that. Uh, I know that the goal within the program is to get to the Big 12 championship. So, you know, there, there's a lot of – that's been the talk. And, you know, you you ask a player, you know, what the team goal is. You know, they're trying to get to the Big 12 championship. They're trying to play in Cowboys Stadium. So, Amen. Right on. All right. Now, briefly, before we do our projections, 
Um, is it is it just one of these things that Leipold just keeps all this stuff so close to the vest where, you know, Bielema has done this before. You know, Lovey Smith would just flat out lie in his pressers. Like, he'd come out and just be like, yes, everyone's healthy, and we're thinking, I, Ricky Smith in a boot. But, like, he would just lie. So every, it would be like, we know Lovey, nothing, we don't care what Lovey says because he's lying. You know, Brett Bielema – at least we'll be honest. And he'll, if he doesn't want to tell you, he won't tell you. What is the vibe that Leipold has been given there? Is he one of these guys that likes to, you know, maybe put it, pull the wool over your eyes? Or is he kind of just, you never know what you're going to get from him with the Jalen Daniel situation because he does have a tweaked back. What are you, what's your take on it? Well, all I'll say is what he said today and that that is that he's got more team reps this week than he – he's gotten the most team reps that he – this week that he has gotten since week one of fall camp. So uh, I'd say that, that that it's trending upwards, but there's no there's no real way to determine uh, who's going to walk out there, whether it's going to be number six or number nine when the Jayhawk offense takes the field on Friday night. Now, Joe, Joe are you are you are you from the the Kansas area? I am from Kansas. Yes. Right. So I'll share this with some Illini fans, and Joe can share this with me as well. It's like. I think Illinois fans might have seen that first half and got a little excited because we do view this as a very tough game. And and I even wrote an article on the site that I think it could be the key to Illinois, to, to Illinois having a really successful season. Um, I live in Oklahoma City now, and I've been here for 14 years. I'm originally from Champaign-Urbana. Like, in this area, Missouri State, like, people don't understand that they, they always get talented kids, man. They get kids that, that – some kids that they, that they get JUCO kids, they get they – get, uh, kids straight out of high school who can't get into some of the bigger schools. That's a very competitive FCS team and has been for a long time. Would you agree, Joe? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the FCS, a lot of FCS teams could easily replace FBS teams. So, you know, they're top, a top-tier FCS team is going to be better than a, you know, bad FBS team a lot of times. So, you know, it's interesting to see uh, throughout college football how those matchups go. And uh, yeah, it's always it's always fun to see the FCS teams come out and play, and play the FBS teams competitively. Well, Joe, what? Give us your prediction. No good, no good, bad or indifferent. Doesn't matter. Just want to hear your honest what you think's happening Friday night. And can I piggyback on that? Uh, your prediction, and then like as a as a as a guy who covers Kansas, what are your concern? What what does Illinois do that maybe concerns you if you're a Kansas fan? Along with your prediction. Okay. Well, do you, do you want my like score first, or do you want the uh, the? Yeah, yeah. If you okay. just you can give us your score and then tell us how you see it playing out, and okay. you know, and then what what you think could give it them problems, or the, the reason that you feel like your outcome happens if Kansas wins or loses doesn't matter. However, you want to go okay. about it. I'm gonna go 27-20 Kansas, and I do think that this game is gonna feature a lot of running clock. Uh, I think. Uh, they're both teams are going to try to run the ball, and I think there's going to be waves of success. There's going to be times where the run just isn't going to happen. I know that Illinois has got a great defensive line, and there are a lot of a uh, lot of things that are going down that are good for Illinois. So, but I think that Kansas is going to prevail in this one and uh, spread the ball out and do a lot of good things on offense and try to control the game on that side of the ball. Wait, 27-20, you think, you think Bill Self's cages are only going to put 27 points against Brad Underwood's? No, I'm just teasing. Yeah, yeah, well, we can talk about that game in the future if you like. We'd love to yeah, have you back. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we, we might have you back. I didn't realize that that would be his first trip back 
Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, we know he came from Illinois, but I didn't realize after all this time that Bill Self had not been back. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be fun. I'm sorry. I, I had to throw the basketball thing in there for, for, for the basketball <laughs> schools. If I was there, I'd give him a standing O. I appreciate what Bill did for the program. He's a fantastic coach. So, hey, before we let you go, the only thing we ask, I got you tagged in this article. Just give it a fresh little repost. We appreciate you. Gotcha. Definitely want all your Kansas followers to see it and check in on it. So, thanks for having you. Thanks for jumping on, and we'll have you probably on for that Kansas uh, Illinois basketball ex exhibition if you want to do it. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Good luck this that year, man. Good for you guys, other than Friday night. Yeah. See y'all. Yeah. yeah, I'll see y'all. Yep. <clears throat> that was Joe Blake from Jayhawk Slants of Rivals and the Rivals Network. And I have his Twitter handle tagged on there on X. Uh, so, yeah, you can follow him there. And uh, we definitely appreciate him jumping on, Kev. Uh, I think that was great insight. You know exactly what we needed. Uh, that's at Joe Blake 01. So give him a follow. We appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, so uh, when I ask you, Kevin, do you think, you know, listening to Joe, do, do you feel like we, we – we, I think we learned a little bit more about Kansas. Some, I'm, i I got to be honest. I think as good as Jalen Daniels is, that I think that Bean could still be a handful and a problem too, even if he starts. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a quality player. Like, he is not – it's just not one of those situations, um, and, and I'm not trying to crap on Illinois, but this is not one of those situations where Tommy DeVito goes down and you bring in Art Sikowski. Um, It's not even a situation like where you bring in, where you have Luke Altmaier, and God forbid he gets banged up and you got to bring in Paddock or Leary. This is a situation where this guy has played in big-time college football games. Guys, he, he threw four touchdowns against TCU and played like three quarters of the game. He was incredible. He's an incredible athlete. He throws the ball really well. Um, so regardless of whether we get six or nine out there, Illinois is going to have their hands full, very similar ways to the way we had our hands full with Finn. But I think both those guys are a little bit more accomplished as passers. Um, but Finn did do some nice things. Um, that being said, Illinois is going to have to change the way they attack um, defensively. And I think that's the key word, attack. I think there's got to be – a little bit more aggressiveness, and I know we're worried about putting that secondary on an island out there and put and, and, and leaving them out there. But if you're gonna if you're gonna try and do some things to this Kansas offense, you're gonna have to be a little bit more aggressive. Frankly, if I his prediction, if Kansas only scores 27 points, I think we win. Um, I, I, I think I think our offense can score 20 27 or more against them. Yeah, whether or not we do or not, that, that's a different story. Well, one thing that. One thing that you brought up, though, I was like, okay, where's Kevin going with this when you were trying to talk about how maybe we were excited about that first half? I mean, I would say if – I would have been excited if Missouri State was winning and about, you know, at the end of the game. But, you know, it was a 10-point lead for Kansas, and then they kind of ran home with it the final yeah. 10 minutes of the game. But still, Missouri State's probably a pretty good FCS team. But they're not Toledo, okay? So they're not Toledo. They're not Toledo. Uh, if that had been a Toledo-like team and Kansas was Kansas won by thirty, I would be very concerned. I think this is closer to an even matchup. Uh, um, <coughs> I think I almost feel like if Jalen Daniels plays, that plays into Illinois' hands because he's going to have a back that's not a hundred percent that hasn't been tested in a while. 
and he's going to be on his back. He's going to get hit. And, you know, Illinois also, Maybe. too. <laughs> yeah, no, he will. Illinois is not going to play the same front they did against Toledo. Um, we're, we're, we'll talk about that a little bit as we talk about the breakdown from what we saw against them. But Illinois had a lot of three-man fronts against Toledo. Uh, you know, and I went back and watched the replay of it. When I was there watching, I'm thinking, man, we're not getting a lot of pressure. I see a lot of Newton getting double-teamed, a lot of Randolph getting double-teamed. You know, and I'm like, okay, there's no way they're going to just do the same thing against Toledo. Uh, I think they'll probably play a lot less zone. Um, but I think it plays into our hands if Daniels plays. So, uh, Yeah, one, one of the things we're going to have to look at is I highly doubt Tyler Strand plays, right? He's been out with a concussion, go out with a concussion on Saturday. Likely it'll play on Friday. He's not there. Sounds like Tyson Rooks will be back, though. That'd be nice. And McCant- yeah, because McCantos was picked on a little bit. I thought McCantos played well. I know I mean, he didn't tackle well. I thought he was pretty decently in, in coverage. So, um, you know. We may even have, we may get Matthew Bailey back, Kev. We might. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't expect him before Penn State. You know, that, I think that would just add some depth, a depth piece there as, as Bush and obviously Scott played really well. Demetrius Hill didn't do anything out there. But that would do look, the thing that we got to look for, man, is like, we heard about Gabe Gabe Yakis about one time, and that was when he roughed the passer. We heard Tariq Barnes' name like twice uh, when he got a, once when he got a sack, great job, and then when he got a sport, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that kept a drive alive. Uh, I, did Seth Coleman play? Like, I mean, and I'm not gonna yeah. dog Seth. I love the dude, but where was he? Yeah, um, but and 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 that's the thing too. I wonder. I know Brett's not going to shit on his guys, but there was some really bad play by some of the guys, and he made it seem like it was okay today. And I'm like, I don't believe he did that behind closed doors, though. Uh, You know, a couple things in particular, the right side of the offensive line worries me very much. Um, That's something that I had been told and talked to somebody who had been talking to me about that for a month, that they were very worried about it because the second-string defensive line had been manhandling them. You know, and I'm like, well, maybe it's because we have really good defensive lines. But I'm thinking, no, it's probably not it. I'm thinking no. that the right, having Gesky, having a young, you know, center with Crutes still figuring it out and having Chrysler not 100% and then rotating other guys, young guys in there, that's not a, a fuel uh, to success. And I know, Kevin, we talked a little bit about this earlier. To me, if we have another game where that right side's a problem, don't you think maybe switch, maybe put, uh, maybe switch Adams to the right side? Yeah, I mean, Chrysler, Chrysler played guard last year, and, and I thought he did well there. So I, I think it could be something that this team can do. They have the flexibility on the line where you could swing Adams out to right tackle, move move Chrysler into guard, and then you either put Geske or Slaughter in at left guard and, and rotate, rotate him in around. And then that way you've got a little bit more balance there. And that really was the problem. If you look at Illinois, Illinois ran the ball better than most people think. I mean, Reggie Love averaged 4.8 yards a carry. I know he had two pretty fairly decent runs. You know, the one near the goal line where he bounced it out, had a 20-yard run, and then he also had a nice, really nice run to get us to the goal line on the first on the first drive of the game. But what the concern was for Illinois and what you and I both thought was going to happen is that Illinois was going to be able to run just vertical against that team, uh, Toledo. And Toledo, that just didn't happen. We were not able to just run the ball up the middle. Now, granted, I don't necessarily think our scheme is exactly conducive for that style of running. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if in the shotgun slash pistol slash shotgun with the with the running back to the to the right or left of the quarterback is really ideal for a guy like like Josh McCray. And you look at the games when Josh McCray was really good. That was two years ago. 
That was in a different system. That was in Tony Peterson's system. He had a great game against Penn State. Well, what did we do against Penn State? That was the invention of the barge package. We just got up there and we and we ran eye formation or, or, or you know single tailback quarterback under center and ran him up the middle. Well, that's not this offense, and that's not what it's doing. So one of the things I would like to see, and unfortunately because it was a close game, and I don't know if there's like a lack of trust, is like I'd like to see what Aiden Lawfrey can do. One of the things I think everybody on the team would say is that Aiden Lawfrey, is, a, if he's not the fastest running back, he's certainly the quickest, um, and he's healthy now. So maybe we get a t- touch of him this week in practice. Maybe they won't come in. But I still think that Illinois is going to have to work the edges. Hey, frankly, I'll say this. I would not be surprised if we played a better defensive team on Saturday than we faced this week. Leipold's never been a great defensive coach. Kansas has had its struggles defensively. It's had to win games in a shootout. Illinois is going to have to really shore up that offensive line play and run the ball effectively, keep that offense off the field, and keep our defense fresh. That was another problem. Is our guys were out there an awful lot, an awful lot. I mean, they ran a ton of plays. So that's that's really going to be the key to the ball game, in my opinion. Yeah, so now as – uh, you want to give what do you? We can let's give our predictions and our break uh, our predictions of Kansas real quick before we actually dive a little bit more into what we saw against Toledo because I had a couple more things I wanted to mention. Um, let's I, I personally think Illinois is going to pull it out. Uh, I think I'm not necessarily worried just because the line's going down. I think Illinois, I think people are met, are going to make too much of Illinois barely beating a really good Toledo team and not as much. And, and, and focus more on that than saying that Illinois isn't going to play the exact way they did against Toledo. And I think people are forgetting maybe how good the defense really is of Illinois. Um, I think this is going to be a really big game for Kansas. They've been talking about it. And I, as Brett Bielema said in his press conference today, they've been focusing on it. They're unveiling these big – you know, these black jerseys, it's a big deal. Illinois is going to come in with a lot less pressure on them. You know, they're not favored to win. Uh, and I think they're going to come come fired up and angry because I know, you know, when Johnny Newton isn't even on your pro football focus sheet because he was that bad, uh, that, that spells, you know, some guys who are not only – Get motivated, but you know they got told about that. You know that was probably something that they're infuriated with. I know Keith Randolph's not happy with his performances either. Uh, I just don't see another game, Kevin, where the defensive line isn't the dogs that we know they are. I just can't see it. Uh, and I think Luke Altmaier, what I saw from Luke Altmaier in the receiving core, I have to give a shout-out to Pat Bryant. Uh, how great was he? Uh, I'm picking Illinois uh, to win the 31-24. Pretty close to the same score. I'm just going to invert it. 31-27, Kansas. Um, I saw too many concerns there that I don't I don't know how you fix it in a week. Uh, and you just played a max school, and now you're playing Kansas. Now, I'm, I mean, granted, like I said, they, they could be at the same level. The, they're unveiling the Blackhawk uniforms. You're going on the road. You've got a short week. Kansas has a full week. I just don't know how we can fix the problems that are there in that in the short amount of time. Isaiah Adams is banged up. Uh, Zy Chrysler was gassed. I mean, there, there's a level of game shape that that had me questioning where these guys are at. Uh, I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy or a wet. Blanket. No, it's all right. I want that though because at the end of the day, this isn't. It's not all orange and blue. Like I'm not going to pick Illinois to win every game this year. So you know, there's a couple games this year. I I have them at nine and three for a reason. 
Yep. You know, you have them at 10 and 2. Yeah, so, but, but preseason I have, I was losing this one, and I'm I'm worried about it. Now that being said, you brought up a you brought up some things here. Um, so I'm I'm saying 31-27. I think Illinois drops this one, and everybody that has ever spent five minutes with me in their life knows that I hate doing that. I hate picking against my team. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat all the crow in the world. I'll actually eat some – if there's a Jayhawk I could eat after the game. If I if Illinois wins, I'd gladly do it on this show. I don't even know what a Jayhawk is, but I'd fry that sucker up and eat it. Um, that actually means, though, that Kevin's going to pick Illinois against Penn State the next week, though. So there's, no way, he's, there's no way he's got us going one and two. Ain't no way. I – uh, so then we're going to run the table then. Okay. All right. I, I, wrote, I wrote how I feel about our fan base. I think what we need to beat Penn State's a really, really good crowd. And our crowd will be jack shit if we don't beat Kansas. They're already upset about a win against Toledo. Uh, and- you know what, Kev? I almost feel like an article's due. Anyway. Right. Uh- right. So, so, so here's one thing that I do want to say. Like, All right. So the good and the bad Toledo breakdown. Here's this. Coming into the game, you and I both talked about it. What, what did we sit, think were the strengths of Illinois football? We thought the strengths of Illinois football were the offensive line and the defensive line play, the defensive front seven. We had concerns at quarterback. We had concerns at running back. We had concerns in the secondary. I think the concerns and the strengths have flipped, and so that could end up being something really good because I'm looking at this from a very small sample size, one game. You know, we haven't given up 28 points very often in the last couple of years. Now, granted, we got new coordinators, we got new coaches, we got new players. But I'm walking away from this and saying, dude, number nine is special. Luke Altmeyer is the real freaking deal, man. He's got the thing that a lot of Illinois quarterbacks have lacked, and that he's got a ton of poise. He's got he's just he's just con- he's just controlled and, and, and cool customer in the pocket. Way more athletic than we all heard all about it, but then he actually demonstrated. Dude's pretty darn athletic, pretty straight line, fast. It's kind of like Brandon, uh, Brandon Peters would, would would shock you with his, his speed and his, his ability to do things. And then I think the secondary was pretty darn good. I mean, granted, McCanto's got picked on, but dude, when your quarterback has all the time in the world and he's not getting hit in the mouth, like it's hard to cover. And they ran the ball on us, and we didn't run the ball well. I'm. I know people have been complaining about the running backs. I'm not that concerned about it. Like I said, Reggie Love still had 4.8 yards of carry. We ran the ball well to the outside. Uh, Kansas is going to have to prepare for uh, Altmeyer keeping the ball this week, which I'm sure Toledo was not necessarily pre- pre- that prepared for. That will that will hold some linebackers. That will hold some ends. That should provide some better running lanes. But the offensive line and defensive line, like, hey man, uh, this game might be in Kansas, but. Might as well be in Missouri because you better show me, man. You got to you got to show me this week, guys. You you got to you got to be Johnny Newton, all American, man. You got to be Isaiah Adams, first day, first two day pick, kind of offensive line. Like I, Julian Pearl was really good, by the way. He played a great game, in my opinion, from what I saw. Uh, but and I I was a big Zy Chrysler fan. Those guys got to change it for me. But I do think we we've, we've got a quarterback, which is a game changer. And, and to me, that's kind of what I see happening. Uh, Missouri State, though, their quarterback had a bunch of op- – he, he had a lot of openings in that secondary. He was evasive to a degree. He stepped up into the pocket, made some some good throws. But he had guys wide open. And then I'm seeing <clears throat> Williams, Washington, Bryant, maybe even a little bit more Malik Elzey this week. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it looked like, you know, we got uh, – it looked like we had some – we didn't really get to see Elzy as much. I, and, and I don't know about Sean Miller. Did he play? 
I didn't see him on the field. He might have got yeah. some snaps. I mean, I know yeah. that was like one target, which was yeah. past appearance, by the way. We can talk about that too. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a couple things here. Illinois wins by two. Um, so good, bad, and indifferent or breakdown. So good. Love what we got with Luke Altmeyer. Okay. I love the tenacity. I love I I love the doesn't matter the score, this team's gonna keep battling, which is what you want. Because when you're down nineteen to seven and Altmeyer threw the made really the only bad throw or decision he had the whole game. Uh it looked like that was like a what was he trying to get over the top to McCray? Yeah, yeah, I think he just didn't get enough air on the ball. Yeah, so that interception was deflating, and it was almost like, "What's happening here?" You know. And then Miles Scott makes that gets the big pick six, and momentum's back, and you can just feel it, feel it then. But it's got a good special teams unit. We've got, you know, Robertson had a really good game, in my opinion. Yes, he was real solid. Yep. Uh, You know, and so not only that, but. The secondary uh, showed me that, you know, I, I still have confidence in them. Um, they're going to be a lot better than what they are now because you're going to get Bailey back. Strain will be back at some point. Um, and guys like Clayton Bush, who who I don't think played bad, really. Clayton Bush, to me, was solid. He had a yeah. really big pass breakup in the first quarter on a deep ball that, you know, if he doesn't make a good play on, that's a big – that's an explosive play. Also – to me, the discipline was the big part. You know, nine penalties for 90 yards in the first half, that's unacceptable on any level. You know, and Illinois really should have went into the, to the break with the lead. A couple, Like, I think there was three or four missed holding calls, Kevin. I was not thrilled with the officiating. But a good team can, can win a game despite the poor officiating. Uh, I'm not saying that a couple of those weren't worthy calls. There was uh, some fishy, you know, uh, pass interference calls. But the, the Gabe Yates, you know, what was it? The foot twist and grab, the personal, I you know, roughing yeah, like, I mean, the passer. I know you enjoyed the quality of the Big Ten Network, Kevin. Um, they basically, from what I saw, I didn't think it was a person. It was a. Uh, roughing the passer on Gabe Yakis. I thought the O-lineman pushed him into the quarterback. If not, they both fell into the quarterback together when he was trying to get to him. So to me, I'm like, how do you throw a flag on that? Also, there was no explanation on the Keith or the Tariq Barnes personal foul or the, you know, Keith Randolph was in the middle of it. There was just a lot of missed holds and opportunities that Illinois stopped Toledo on third downs that led to 20 points for Toledo. You know, make team earn it when you're really giving them points by stopping them on third down and you're about to have the punter come on the field and you're giving them first downs to keep drives going. If Illinois cuts that in half, think about that. Illinois wins by two touchdowns. Yeah, you know? I, I do I do think that Brett – and I, I talked to Aaron about this briefly, uh, Aaron Henry. Like, they've, they've got all, they've got all the, the – it's on tape, man. You know, I mean, you watch anybody watches Hard Knocks or hears commentators talk about it, it's, it's all on tape, man. Like, they this is not going to be a pleasant week of film study for this team. It's not going to, and I know. I mean, listen, we 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 came in this season with a lot of expectations. We have a lot of All Big Ten returning guys. We've got guys who are who maybe they're feeling themselves a little bit. Maybe this was what was needed. But yeah, that uh, ninety yards of penalties in the first half for a Brett Bielema coach team was not acceptable. Um, 
I am frustrated, like you said, that we didn't get some some replays of what exactly happened. I did see Tariq Barnes, and it looked like the tight end get tangled up. Early on in that play, you can barely catch it all the way on the right side of the screen. Anybody wants to go back and rewatch that, they start to get tangled up. Uh, but I, I'd like to know what he did. I mean, that seems out of character, frankly. I don't know that I've ever seen Tariq Barnes get on sportsman like conduct penalty. I mean, he's leader of the deep, one of the leaders of the defense. So you got to clean all that. You can't have any of that shit happen Friday night. You have any of that kind of stuff go go that way, and it's going to be a bad day. I do have a, I do have an issue that you know Illinois did not induce a single holding call on defense, and maybe that's our fault. But I, I know I saw some of them. But there's holding every play, so whatever. Uh, you, you talked about Hugh Robertson, 44 yards a punt. That was he did a great job. Uh, he only punted three times. I mean, so there are just. That game was so close to us doing what we needed to do, but at the same time, when you go back and look at the box score and you watch that game, I, I'm I'm not sure the team that played better won. And yeah, you can't I, go do you can't do that in Kansas on Friday night. You're gonna lose. I will say this: I think um, Illinois and I think Toledo outplayed Illinois for the most part in that second quarter. Uh, maybe you could say the whole the half, whatever. Illinois outplayed Toledo in the second half. Uh, I think yeah. they to me, and that's really what won them the game, you know. <clears throat> it was a close enough game that when you outplay them, and they made, let's be honest, and, and, and even Jason Candle said, he, he congratulated Illinois and said, you you can't do not, anything but tip your cap to Luke and Casey for the throw and the catch. He goes, they had the game there. They get to stop there. They can run the clock out. You know, he should have called, called timeout and challenged the catch. Um, I, 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 I've watched multiple replays of it, multiple pictures. I think it was a catch. First glance when I saw it, I had big questions because it looked like Casey caught the ball in his right hand and finished in his left or vice versa. I think it was right to left. But, dude, that's pass interference. I mean, that was the thing that was so frustrating. The guy is draped all over him. Malik Elzey was pass interference. Like, but we're going to call the, the Taz Nicholson pass interference? I'm like, how? if Taz Nicholson's is pass interference, how's Malik Elzey's not? And – if, if by chance Toledo calls timeout there and that catch gets overturned, we lose the game because you, you, you can't – they're not going to throw a penalty on a review. And so that was – that big that, – that officiating crew was was almost as bad as Matt Millen's broad and, and the Big Ten Network broadcast. Matt Millen was terrible. He did say some things that he was spot on about, but for the most part, that dude was – He knows line play, okay? He does. He does. He knows line play. So if you hear him talking about line play, I, I'd tune in and listen. But if he's talking about outside receiving jammed at the line and, you know, what the quarterback's thinking, or I just just turn off. Um, well, we, but We get the deuce this week, so we're on ESPN too. So hopefully we don't yeah, get We probably get Doris Burke and – no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, Pam, Pam, uh, Pam, Pam Ward. Yeah. Pam Ward. Oh, I might blow my brain. Out. Was there nothing? I just remember growing up in the early to mid 2000s and Beth Mowens. I got to love you. Yeah, Beth Mowens and Pam Ward. We got Indiana at Northwestern. Does it get better than this? No. One of those, one of them's now broadcasting the Cubs games. It drives me nuts. So, oh my. Um, and I'll say this like before anybody starts throwing darts at me, oh, you misogynist. Like, I think Doris Burke's the best in the game. Like, Doris Burke is money. I wish Doris Burke could call this game. Like, she is so good. Like, she is yeah. worse. She's, Doris the, she's great. the best in the NBA. Yeah, I, uh, Doris Burke is is great at, at what she does. I love Linda Cohn on SportsCenter. 100%. Uh, 
I'm yeah, sure that's so, what everybody tuned in, tuned in for tonight to hear us talk about Doris Burke. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. Um, Brad P. So it was Dylan Stevenson is the four-star uh, defensive end D lineman who's committed to Stanford right now. He was the uh, <clears throat> four-star recruit that was on campus Saturday. So, <clears throat> hey Ryan, before we get too far down that line, uh, before we put a put a bow on this show, you were there. You, you had you had the pleasure, the opportunity that was presented to you to sit with the most raucous fans in the stadium. Oh, um, man. Lord knows you're a raucous fan, so it's great to be the guy. I, I loved my my season when I sat in the in the student section when I had uh, tickets because my wife was getting her PhD. I was almost 30. I loved hanging out with the kids. They seemed like they loved me. They asked a lot of questions about the history of Illinois football. They asked my buddy, who was a former five-star recruit who played at Illinois, who I shared the season tickets with. Uh, a lot of questions about what it was like playing at Illinois. Uh, love sitting there. Uh, this is a little bit of diatribe for anybody who's been following us on Twitter today, knows what I'm talking about, but that's beside the point. Tell me what the atmosphere was like overall in the stadium. Like, get, get, gr give me a grade. Give me, you know, uh, a one oh, being man. the worst, five being the best, or an or uh, a, 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 B, C, D, E grade. Like, what, what do you got? At 200 Columns Rye, I posted some cool videos of just yeah. you can kind of hear a little bit of the vibe, the atmosphere. Uh, um, and I posted a tweet about it, matter of fact. But I would give the student section a 9.5 out of 10. Uh, we were, we were kicking ass, let me tell you. And, uh, I enjoyed it so much. And, uh, you know, so I had a block eye member who, uh, has been a follower of mine and a friend. He gave me his two tickets and he's like, I know you'll come. I know you'll be loud. I know you'll do what I do. The only thing he didn't tell me is that, Hey, you got to do card stunts. You got to pass the block eye flag. You've got to sing at the top of your lungs. You've got to uh, watch out the beer run they do, right? They do the beer run with the card stunts. Uh, you know, they didn't. He didn't tell me that I had to jingle my keys at every kickoff. Uh, but you know what they and, and he didn't tell me I had to chant F Toledo. But you know, as I posted on Twitter, when in Rome, Kevin, uh, you know, you do what the Romans do. So I may have may have done all those things, um, but it was a blast. Uh, you know, we right, say, so give, me the, give me the overall atmosphere outside of the student section. Okay, the overall atmosphere. The I know. Hey, listen, I'm I'm gonna pause this. I know, I know what it was like outside Memorial Stadium. It was awesome because it always is awesome. It is the best tailgating venue I've ever been to, and I've been to at least a dozen college football stadiums. There's no better tailgating that I've ever been to. I've ever seen. Now, granted, I haven't been. To, I haven't been to a lot of SEC schools. I would like to go down there. I know that was great. What was it like inside? Um, as the words of a, my, our, our good friend John Wright, um, he said this: these that was the most people he'd seen there tailgating at Illinois in 20, 30 years. So it was amazing. Uh, there was about 50,000 people there at the stadium, and I think 60 to 1,000 people there overall. So not everybody actually came in. And, you know, that's something that we would have loved to have more people come in. But uh, so other than that, the crowd inside the uh, Memorial Stadium, I'd give a nine out of 10. They were really loud, too. They were energetic. Um, they were passionate. They were into it every time, you know, Toledo was driving. Or, and, and, and actually, early in the game, if you recall, there was a couple delay of games on Toledo. That was from the crowd. It was so loud. And that was fun to see, too. Yeah. Uh, so 
I think a line I said, be still my beating heart or something like that. The guy's he's pretty money with his tweets in the, during the game. From the from the broadcast on television, once again, Big Ten, you cannot tell what the crowd noise is like with the big BTN production. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It sucks. But I did I did notice when they were panning the crowd, I was like, dude, do we get a sellout or like we completely full? Uh, but then I did see um up the, in the top right east balcony top, east balcony had some a little bit of gaps yep yeah top right corner and then sporadically through the top left corner of that east balcony there was some some missing i'm thinking is that really 10,000 seats you know maybe it is but uh yes jay began how dare i sit in the student section you're right you know and i, I want to come on here and sarcastically apologize to anybody that i've offended for sitting with the block eye. I mean, if I, if I do apologize if sitting next to a 35 year old makes you feel sick or ill. I apologize. So. <laughs> okay, Brad Underwood. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, Kev, um, to finish, to put a bow on our no breakdown, a good win nonetheless. Yeah, like it's a win. It's a here. Here's it, we're You're all not disappointed in the win. No, what 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 this game was? Honestly, this game was. If anybody can harken back two years ago, and we remember, we were in a game we should have won, and and this is where this team has changed. This team has moved. We were in lots of games we should have won that season. We can go back to Maryland. We can go to Purdue. We can go to Rutgers. We lost all those games we should have won. But there was a game early in the season. It was a night game. It was a home game. It was a group of five team, and we lost, and that, and we end up stealing their offensive coordinator. It was a game against UTSA. What did we see that season? Next thing you know, UTSA went something like ten and two, and we were hoping that we'd get their transfer quarterback. Possibly, we were hoping we'd get their transfer wide receiver, or their transfer possibly their running back. That, none of that stuff ended up happening. But we're like, dude, at the end of the season, we're like, it wasn't a bad loss. That was a pretty darn good team. We're going to look back at this and say. That's a pretty darn good win. Toledo, Toledo's going to be playing in the MAC championship at eleven and one or ten and two, and you're going to be like, "Man, we beat a good team." That's that's what that's what I do think will happen from this. So why we're going to look at this as an Illinois f- fandom and say it was a disappointing win because we didn't dominate both sides of the line of scrimmage. We won a squeaker. We may have been outplayed. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. It's, you are who your record says you are. And we, you know what? We're 1-0. Let's do it, man. That's that, That's it, dude. Illinois won the football game. Brett Bielema finds ways to win ball games. It doesn't matter. Good, bad, ugly. Wins a win. And with that said, perfectly said, Kev, <clears throat> my final thought, I'll start off. Um, well, not just that, but uh, I'm thinking our sponsor, Hometown Hype Apparel, Give Scott Davies a call, 217-278-0120. Use promo code orange and blue for your first order. We still at Hometown Hype Apparel. Kev, what do you got on there? What, what's your shirt look like? Keep it in orange and blue. We got a couple of these shirts right here available. Or if you're looking for something for your hometown to get their swag looking right, looking tight, you know, looking as fly as me and Kev, give, give Davies at uh, 217-780-120, hometownhypeapparel.com. So we appreciate him, sponsor of uh, Keeping It Orange and Blue. So my final thought, Illini fans, keep showing up, keep believing. I was super impressed. I'm piggybacking off of what we just were talking about. 
Um, I was impressed with the turnout, um, and I tweeted that earlier as well. And had a, had somebody question me, an Iowa fan, Kev, uh, why are you impressed with fifty thousand? Well, because it was the most people to show up to a home opener in thirteen years, and that's a big deal. Uh, and so, and re- even though, regardless what happens against Penn State, Kev, I think that number will be pretty similar against Penn State. Uh, if they if they lose to Kansas, but if they beat Kansas, I think we're looking at fifty five thousand at least on uh, September six sixteenth. So you think it'll be a sellout? Okay, I think, okay. Border, I, think I think it'll be a borderline sellout without it. It's just going to be the the overall atmosphere of what the team brings to it. I th- I mean, for instance, friend of the show Jeff Dahl, God bless him. He's the one who gave away his tickets this week. We were able to give a lucky listener some some opportunity to go to the game. They went to the game. Connor Watson. Connor Watson. Yeah, we tried Dexter. Dexter couldn't take them. Connor ended up taking them. So it was it was a great opportunity there. So Jeff Dahl is coming from Oklahoma City to go to that game, right? So that's that's the, that's the difference here. Is like if I did if I wasn't going to Oregon the following week for to officiate my brother-in-law's wedding i would be at penn state i think that you're going to have all the chicago contingent with big noon kickoff we are we are but i think the difference is what's the atmosphere like in the stadium like it, yeah it's, it's like just what i asked our guy from kansas like you know like dude i, t- I harken back 2003 bartman reaches up and everybody in the face Oh, we gotta lose because we lose. That's what we do. Oh. Our fandom does the same. Oh, my God. I did it, dude. I fired off the castle and told my wife, "Screw this, we're gonna lose this stupid game." It's wrong, right? Like we do. We yeah. we've got that vibe. We've got to just change that vibe. And so that's the that's the difference. I think if we can go into Kansas, flip the here's here's the final thought. We need to go into Kansas and flip the script on line of scrimmage and be that team that we can be. Be a Brett Bielema like team, and we've got a quarterback that can handle the rest. And if we can do that, we can win that game. I'm not predicting that we will. I think there's some intangibles night game on the road, Friday night, really difficult, blackout, short week. They don't have the short week. Going to be gonna be challenging for us. Um, but I'm still excited, man, and I'm really looking forward to it. On that note, some some not so good news. I don't know that anybody here gives a shit, but I'm going to share it with you. Anyway, I am not going to the game. Um, just uh, some other things have come up family-wise, personal-wise, not going to be able to make it, but – I will be in attendance in front of the ESPN2 broadcast like you all, watching every every play with bated breath. Don't, uh, don't you get all big, big boomer on us. Don't go big, don't go big boomer on us because you couldn't go to Kansas, okay? Hey, you big know game. what, dude? If he, if he was going, I should have told him we could have hitched a ride together. He's right here with me in Oklahoma City. Oh, my goodness. Is he? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I should ask Dusty Dvorak for a ride. You know, the dude follows yeah. me. So like, Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Apparently, Big Boomer didn't, didn't get credentials, and he <clears throat> lost his shit. But so to finish my final thought, per se, is keep believing in the program. Keep showing up. Things are different. And also, I think this this uh, Kansas game, things are going to go Illinois' way, unlike last year, the Friday night game against Indiana, where things didn't go our way. Because this team's gonna have learned a lot. I just feel I just feel it, man. I got Illinois. So all right. That'll do it. One final thought. Don't forget, because of a short week, we did this on Monday night. Last night's more of a was a family night for Ryan and I. We both agreed to move the show back. So thanks everybody for tuning in on an off night. But in two nights, we have episode three of Fade the Deuce. Please go ahead and tune in there. You can see where your boy's sitting against our guy Maddie McCumber. It's uh, 
be a good, be a good, be a good I, think, I think, yeah, Kev's kicking butt, man. So we'll get to all that. Again, Fade the Deuce, Wednesday night, 9 p.m., same place, same YouTube channel. You can de- We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. So we appreciate it. But yeah, with, with that said, swami out. I-O-L. I and I. <laughs>